Yes, it's episode 141 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, it is Saturday the 5th of October. So the 5th of October, one week. One week to WD. And uh, I'm in bed. I'm in bed still. I came home late last night. I was at a gig in Berkshire. I keep on saying Oxfordshire, but it wasn't. It's Berkshire, West Berkshire. Uh, Pangbourne College, boarding school. Hogwarts. Tell you, it's mad. It's a boarding school, right? Pay like eight grand a term to uh, to be educated there. And they have like a rowing team. I spoke about this school before. I found out, according to one of the students, they have 500 students at the school. 500. That's it. That's not a lot. Because it's such a big establishment. Nuts, 500 kids. It's almost like one-on-one teaching. But a uh, really cool gig. Good shout out to Phil O'Huff, um, Adam Kumas and uh, Jamie Allerton. Who, I, I forgot his surname. I've known the guy for years. I forgot his surname purely because he saved my phone as Jamie Scouse. <laughs> right, yeah, shout out to those guys coming down. It was good. Good, fun, fun show. Um, what else have I done this week? This week, this week, this week. Have I gigged? Oh, no, I haven't gigged at all this week. It's just been wedding prep. It's all it's been. It's all it's been. It's just getting it all done. Get it all done so that this week is just... Well, as chilled out as it can be. As chilled out as it can be. Um, but it's good. Looking forward to next week. Got my suit. Fits like a glove. Of course it does. It's tailored. I pay for it. Um, now I was waiting on shoes. I've got two pairs of shoes here that I'm playing for the idea of. I've got another two shoes coming on the way. Never been that guy. Never been that guy. Using my, I'm getting those. I'm just getting them. I thought, you know what? It's a, it's a proper fucking day. You've got, to, you've got to look the part. Speech. Started writing a speech. Then um, I thought, well, this is easy. So I just stopped. <laughs> So I need to get back on that. I need to finish writing that speech. So I don't want to be a rush job. So I'll finish writing that today. And um, yeah, that's what I've got to do. Um, before I record it this morning, because I've got to do some man stuff today. Say man stuff. I mean, I failed. You, you know, when you, as a modern man, I think we all face these moments where we question our own masculinity and just think, my dad would be able to fix this. <laughs> It's my car. See, my car's a very smart car, high technology. Um, driving along and I get a little warning message that says, uh, slow your car down. Caref- bring your car down to a stop carefully. Your coolant level is low. I'm like, all right. But it's one of those messages that doesn't come up all the time. So I just forget about it. But um, it's obviously in hotter days. My engine's hotter, so it needs the coolant. I thought, do I need to fucking sort this out because I can't be like driving on the motorway then my engine blows up. So I was like, right, right, right. Let me uh, let me do what every modern man does. Lift the bonnet. Why lift the bonnet? I mean, go to Google. Went to Google and searched for engine coolant for my model of car. Uh, nothing came up. But I learned that coolant is the same as antifreeze. So that's good. Learned that. 
learn that they do the same job to keep your engine hot and keep your engine cold. They, <laughs> that's what it does. So, um, I was looking for that, couldn't find the right one. Then uh, went on one website, typed in my registration. Not it said no product matches. That's like, damn it. They end up Halfords. Halfords is where I've gone to get this coolant. Uh, I've gone to Halfords Auto Centre purely because I have no intention of pouring this in myself. I'm going to excuse me, young man. Could you help a useless man in distress? I'm need. I'm need your help. Oh, I'm 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 just a useless man. <laughs> Can you put this coolant antifreeze in my engine, please? Because I don't want to fuck up my car. Get it fucked. So um, no, I don't mess up my car. And um, that's the thing of being a modern man. It's just to let go of the ego. It's like, hey, I can't do it. Someone else do it. I reckon I could do it, but. I, I just don't want to risk it. I need to remember how to pop the bonnet off my car. I haven't lifted the bonnet. I haven't lifted it. Did it once. But I've had my car for almost three years. Nothing's gone wrong. I've never had to lift the bonnet of the car. So when something does go wrong, I'd, I'd just take it to a garage. Be like, hey, um, the thingy's not doing the thingy. And they're like, what? Like, you know, the thingy, you need to, uh, yeah. Have a look at that. They're like, um, do you, do you want us just to redo your mirrors? Yeah, I knocked it with my hand, and I, you know, I can't bother to realign it. If you can just realign it for me, yeah, all right. How much that? Forty quid? Yeah, bargain. No, I know to realign my mirrors. Let's let's not be silly now. I'm being hyperbolic, but um, be facetious. Being facetious, but what, what's been going on this week? What's been going on this week? I, see, I've, I've had a bad one in the sense of for the podcast. I haven't picked, I haven't made any notes of anything I've seen this week. Um, nothing, nothing. So, not sure what I said last week. I have to make a CD for the ceremony, and I'm not sure if you're like me, guys. I forgot how to make a CD at a. I had to go get some blank CDs. You don't sell them by the one, though. I've got 10 blank CDs. And um, I only need two. So I think for the other eight, we're going to just, just use these coasters. We'll just frisbee them across the reception. Like ninja stars. Ban ah! Oh, shit. Just took off someone's auntie's head. By someone's auntie. You see, be mine or Naomi. So uh, we'll see what happens. So we just spin these uh, CDs out. <laughs> But, um, ah, what has happened this week, man? What has happened? Um, oh, Jesus Christ. I could hear, I, literally, I could hear all of you fuckers. I didn't want to swear, but. Yes, Tottenham lost. 7-2. Absolute pounding. Um, I think it's the heaviest defeat of any English team in European history at home. It's the heaviest defeat Tottenham have ever had at home in its whole history. Tottenham Hotspur Football Club started in 1882. Queen Victoria. Women couldn't vote. Bloody kids as chimney sweeps. I think tuberculosis was still about. Ricketts. World Wars hadn't even started yet. <laughs> Neither of them. Um, 
Titanic wasn't even built. What else? The whole fucking history. And uh, Tottenham is probably pronounced Tottenham then. Tottenham. A quaint village north of London. Tottenham. In Middlesex. Mm, Tottenham. And not even then. When the team is full of, you know, butchers. Part-time cricketers. You know, one guy playing cricket, rugby and football. And his name was was James Smith. He was the greatest player. He played 24 games for Tottenham in three years. Because there was only six teams to play against. When he wasn't playing football, association football for, for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. He also played cricket for Middlesex. And also got so many caps for England. Also played rugby for the London Irish. Even though he wasn't Irish, his grandmother was Irish. Her name was uh, Mary O'Connor. She was born in, in Dublin. <laughs> so same voice, isn't it? It's like the same broadcaster. That um, It's that BBC voice. I'm listening to a Malcolm Gladwell book. I love this guy. Soon as I found out he had a new book out, I just got it. About how we talk to strangers. And... Um, and they're talking about how... Um, oh, what's his name? Fuck. What's the name of the Prime Minister before Winston Churchill? You'd know it if you heard it. He went to meet Hitler. And uh, the broadcaster and Neville Chamberlain? Yeah. Neville Chamberlain. They both sound exactly the same. Yes. Hello, guys. I've just come back from Germany. And I just met uh, the Chancellor, uh, Hitler. And um, he has signed this very here document to say that he does not want a war. <sighs> and it cuts to the BBC guy. And we now have the Prime Minister, Neville Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, dear. You can tell this one of those pods that I have nothing to talk about. But, uh, but get this book, though, if you like this book. So about how... We've talked to strangers. Focuses on Sandra Bland and uh, her death. He says neutral on that so far. Her death. He doesn't say her murder. He did call it a suicide, though. I guess that's how it was reported. But I would have just said her death to say neutral. But yeah, he basically explains now how there's two. Um, what's the word he says? There's two uh, quizzes. Not quiz. Oh, what's the word he uses? There's two questions when it comes to strangers. One, why are we so bad at detecting lying? Like we're really bad at detecting lying. We have a truth bias, apparently, as human beings. When we meet someone, they tell us something, we tend to believe them. Um, and this is proven when they do a test where they make people try to work out who's telling the truth and who's lying. Like so, those people telling the same these statements are basically the success rate of getting people told, guessing people are telling the truth is much higher than guessing people are lying because we basically go telling the truth, telling the truth, telling the truth, telling the truth, telling the truth. So, in this 50 50 of people lying or telling the truth, because you've guessed they're telling the truth almost 90% of the time, you're gonna roughly get you know 45% of all the 50% who uh. Was telling the truth. Quick maths, but um, 
so yeah, so that's one of the the things. The other one is that why are we so is it, why are we so bad at knowing when someone's lying? And what's the other one? It sounds like oh, if when we have increased interaction with someone, our judgments is worse as well. And it's like about red, yeah. It's about red flags. And it's a very interesting idea of. It's not about spotting red flags to know someone's lying. It's spotting enough red flags to know someone's lying. So he uses like an anecdotal example of um, like someone cheating on their partner. So for example, you finding um, like them going away for work all the time, you might find that slightly suspicious, but that's not enough of a red flag. But them leaving the room to pick up the phone, not enough of a red flag. Again, you've got two there, but it's not enough. Then finding a hotel bill for two people and they're working away and they keep on leaving the room to answer the phone. Boom, that's enough red flags. We're going. So that's what it talks about. So like when someone leaves a shit relationship and, they go, and people go, oh, you should have known. You see, because they did this, did that. It's like, yeah, if that was only four red flags, but I needed five. And that's what we're like in life. In in all things, let's say like religion. Um, not to say it's true or false, but when people leave religion, it's not usually just one thing that happens. So they go, ah, do what, I'm leaving that religion. It's one thing, then another, then another, then another, then another. Then what they believe to be true, they now go, okay, it's flipped over to false now. But what, if we go into something believing, it takes a lot of, checkpoints and evidence for us to not believe so it's really interesting i think it's called how we talk to strangers what the book's called um the chapter i'm on now they're talking about bernie madoff i say talking about because it's an audio book so i don't read um yeah so talking about bernie madoff and how there's like this one uh whistleblower who's like the only guy who's against it and he's he refers to it as a, a holy fool is that holy fool? Yeah. So a holy fool is someone who just basically, I think it's holy fool. Someone basically just tells the truth all the time. So again, the anecdotal example is emperor's new clothes. So if you don't know that, the emperor is basically given an invisible suit. Um, and basically the only people that won't be able to see the suit are those who are not good at their job and not worthy to do their job. So as a result, everyone in society, in the emperor's society, goes, well, I don't want to lose my job. So yeah, I can see the suit. Yeah, I can see the suit. So it's a collective light or collective truth that we have. Whether that collective truth is true or not is a different thing. But we have collective truths. That's how society works. We need to kind of have a truth bias and assume that the person you're talking to is telling you the truth. Otherwise, you're going to spend your life scrutinising everything and not get very far in life. So, in Emperor's New Clothes, everyone's like, yeah, 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 he's, that's the collective truth now. He, he's got an invisible suit that I can see because I'm good at my job. And then a child goes, oi, he's naked. Because a kid doesn't give a shit about, this, about his job. He doesn't have a job. And that kid's a holy fool. And we have them in society. We have, a lot of comedians are holy fools. 
they just say whatever they want and but the cost is social uh ostracization <laughs> you'll be ostracized some comedians are holy fools but yeah and if you're that guy who blows shit up all the time like whistleblowers yeah when it goes well it's great but when people are just trying to chill out they're like uh we can't we can't relax with you here because you're gonna blow up our spot and we don't think we're doing anything wrong but you with your holy foolishness um blow up our spot so man it's a sick book sick sick book i like all malcolm gladwell books outliers is one tipping point Seriously, just go. I suggest these. I suggest all of his books, man. He, he's really cool. I think it's. Um, I think it's in Outliers. He basically talks about like how we think certain stuff happens and how it actually happens. So he, like in Outliers, he talks about how um, Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, and uh, I can't remember the guy, but he's he's. There's nine computer languages, right? And this guy's written four of them. So, like, this guy's, like, the man. I can't think what his name is. Um, but he's written, like, four of the nine major computer languages. And he's saying that, yeah, look, it's amazing. But what these guys have in common? And people, and he start, he, starts, he kind of leads you down this false path. Do you have this in common, this in common? He goes, no. What about the fact that they're all born within 18 months of each other? And they start deep, like deep that and goes, and when they're, when they all turn 18, 19, that's the turning of, um, of technology where like computers have go from like these big old machines in the room to personal computers. And all of them had like weird head starts and the access to computers before everyone else, like when they were big clunky machines. So it's like these three guys had the knowledge, they're like 10 years of knowledge. 10,000 hours of knowledge and then boom they're ready and primed for when the opportunity comes so it's it's mate his books are so good so so good um all right news what's happened in in the news in the world um brexit that's still ongoing 19th of october now got that to decide um whether we need an extension or not it's a, it's a it's a joke it's a joke um i've got, I've got much more to say on, on brexit what what else has happened like this anything happened anything else happened if not i'm going on to um going on to do 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 um i've headed straight to twitter for news that's no, uh, Cricket World Cup, don't care. Something's happening in WWE. Harvey Proctor, I thought that was Harvey Specter. Joker film came out, didn't go to see that. Um, wait, is it last week I went to see It? I think it was. Oh, jeez, I need to tell you guys about that. Well, I went to the cinema to see It, right, with, uh, with Naomi. And when was it? Was it this Sunday? It must be. It must have been this Sunday went to see it. It too. Was it Sunday before? Fuck. I can't remember. 
I might end up telling the same story again. But anyway, we went to cinema to see it too. Um, in our local cinema. And just to show the level of our town. It's it's ridiculous. I've never seen guys do rounds in a cinema. Three blokes. Just drinking beers. And just going up and just getting more beers. Getting absolutely hammered. They, they must have been high. High or drunk or both. They're just talking throughout the whole fucking film. Naomi's just like, oh, I'm going to, I want to ask him to be quiet. And I was like, nah, don't, don't, don't ask him to be quiet. Don't. It's like, why? I was like, just, these guys clearly don't give a shit. Like, just don't. Like, they just don't do it. I, I could sense this will not end well. So don't do that. And she goes, oh, I'm going to, I might complain then. I was like, fine. But don't tell the girl, the staff to come in here. Because, like, one, it would be obvious it was you. And two, like, it's a part-time 17-year-old or 18 year old probably goes to local university or college. Like, they, they're not going to... They're not going to be able to cope with these three guys who are fucking animals. These guys are, like, in their 30s. So, me and her are having this discussion. And, to be fair, she's agreeing with me. So, I'm like, yeah, just, like... Just, let's just wait. Anyway, this couple next to us now. I've had enough of these three guys in front. The guys like, I oh, make you like keep it down. Got one of the guys in the front turns around and goes, You fucking what? He's like, just keep it down. Like we're trying to watch a film. Like we can't hear because you're talking. He's like, just be quiet, please. Guys like, who the fuck are you? Telling me to be quiet. And then the other two guys turn around, oh, what the fuck do you want some, do you? And then the girlfriend's like, no, we don't look, we just want to watch the film. Yeah, you watch fucking Phil then telling us what to do. And this guy just lights a cigarette. <laughs> just animals. Absolute animals. So no he goes, nah, nah, nah. I'm going. I've got I'm complaining. And I go, yeah. But she looked at me where the guy threatened the other bloke. She was like, okay, yeah, you was right not to approach him. Okay, no. These guys if they clearly don't um, follow the social rules of a cinema, they're not going to follow the social rules of a conversation. So, just no. So, uh, she went. Then at the end of the cinema, um, the girl came to us to see what there goes. Here you go. And it was two free tickets to any Odeon, including Odeon Lux. So, uh, we're going to find a nice film to watch at a nice cinema. We are going to just relax. Well, it'd be funny if these same three guys are there, though. <laughs> Just keep on upgrading until we get better things. Someone ruins that experience. Okay, you've got some red carpet premiere tickets. Thank you. So we'll see. But right, let's, um, there's nothing going on in the world. I've, I've looked on Twitter. It's all too, it's all too trivial on there. Uh, BBC News. What do I mean? BBC News, big black cock news. Um, right, new, BBC News. Democrats issue demand for Trump Ukraine documents. Uh, UK could clarify his Brexit offer to the EU. Australia British blogger released from Iran jail. Um, yeah, so. Nah, it's. Uh, nah, it's nothing else, really. Right, okay. 
no, 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 no. All right, let's get on to the Deirdre then, because um, the laundry's finished, and I need to, I need to take that stuff out. Whoa, um, that was the sun's Deirdre Scottish son. Let's let's try that one. Oh no, it's the same. It's just I just had, just had a different um a different caption, so it made me think, oh right, there's something spicy going on. Alright, oh, cool. So my abusive controlling partner keeps on cheating and now she's pregnant with our child. Wow. Are you sure it's your child? Just list that sentence back to yourself, fella. Dear Deirdre, my partner and I have great sex, but she has sex with other guys so often. They phone her in the middle of the night to arrange it. Jesus Christ. Where's your self-esteem, man? I'm reaching the end of the road with her. Reaching! Jeez, this car should have been crashed off the road. Um, the trouble is, I can't just walk away because she's expecting my child. It's not yours. I think you can arrogantly say, I don't think the kid's mine. When she keeps on leaving to have sex with other guys in the middle of the night. Um, I totally fell for her when we... Uh, met nearly three years ago but she was incapable of staying faithful we broke up but i do love her and now we're back to living together i'm 32 she's 29 she drinks a lot screams at me and is very jealous and controlling oh sounds like a dream mate sounds like a dream um she goes out gets hammered and goes with any man around she admits herself that she's a bitch but she says she can't control her behavior she had a terrible childhood oh violent with an alcoholic dad and it has left scars. It makes me feel sorry for her. This, this is your problem, man. You're handing over kid gloves. She's behaving like a fucking kid. Treat it like an adult. She behaved like an adult. Go look, you fucking cow. Stop behaving like this. It's not acceptable. I'm leaving. Well, I knew she, I knew she longs for a child. And although I had my doubts, I agreed to try for a baby with her. When she fell pregnant, we were both over the moon. She's expecting a son. She's expecting a son. Not our son, a son. Oh, she's gotten even more abusive since. She blamed her pregnancy hormones at first, but bragged that I'd have to stay now, whatever she did, and as she'd abort the baby if I left. She often locked me out of the house, and one night the neighbours called the police. They advised me to leave and get on with my life. Damn right. I lived in... They can see what happens here. Do you know what? You stay, someone's ending up being murdered, and it's you or her. I lived in peace for a while on my own, but then she accused me of doing all the things she'd done to me. Of course, that's what happens when people are guilty. They try to uh, placate their own guilt by saying the other person does it as well. I'm had to challenge th that in court and face being deprived of um, parental rights of my child, who is due very soon. The court agreed that it was me, not her, who was the victim of domestic abuse. There you go. I could apply for a non-molestation order against her. But I thought that wouldn't be good for her or our baby. So I've left it on the condition that we attend counselling together and abusive behaviour ends. All right. Non-molestation order. Jeez. I know we need to talk, uh, but she's still seen other men and we haven't had any counselling. Mate, fucking leave, innit? Just leave. I, I mean, I've got a kid on the way. But you need to establish that kid's yours first. Like Seriously, how do you not have any doubt? How do you have any doubt at all? Jeez, no. 
Dear Deirdre, uh, work wife, female colleague is making my work life a complete misery. Let's see, dear Deirdre, another woman at work has left me boiling with anger. We're not on speaking terms now and I feel I'm going to explode. To start with, she keeps booking leave without checking with me first. We're both in our 30s, but she thinks that I can fit in my life around her because I don't have children and she has three. Okay. She often rolls in late and until she appears, I have to pick up her phone calls as well as my own. She sneaks off early too, which means I'm left to switch off the photocopier and make sure the windows are closed. She's supposed to order stationery, but I often find myself having to buy staples and glue in my lunch hour. She apologised once for forgetting to order more packaging. Uh, but when I wanted to address the big issue, she just said, whatever, you're always right, of course. I tried to talk to my boss about all these problems but he said you know what she's like i feel like kicking her uh leave your company shit your boss is shit it's not gonna get better so if you stay it's um it just feeds into the thing that that's what your company wants you, what you do you find a new job and then you slam an ultimatum on the table and you go look if you don't pay me more address her issue um then I'm I'm leaving. And they'll go fine, just leave. And you're like, fine, I'm actually gonna leave. But what you gotta understand is are you even indispensable to your company? Because if you're getting all pissed off but you're just another cog in the machine, then they don't really give a shit. So yeah. Anyway, that one's boring. Let's um <laughs> let's find um a better one. Okay, this is wild. Oh, it's two more, two more. It's always, it's always the sex ones that bear, isn't it? I'm having hot sex with the father of my children. Oh, okay. What's the issue? But he won't leave his wife. Oh. <laughs> dear, dear G, I am having passionate sex with my high school sweetheart, the father of my children, but he's married to someone else and dodges my questions about when he's going to leave her. He's not going to. We first got together when we were 16. Everyone said what a brilliant couple we were and our sex life was amazing. And I got pregnant when I was 18. It wasn't planned, but we were happy and our families were supportive. I had a little girl and then two boys. They are seven, five and two now. Their dad and I are 26. Wait, so he married at 16, got pregnant at 18, kids seven. That means you... Right. Seven years ago. Quick math, what? 18 plus 7, 25. There's 25, wait, right, so... Dad and I 26. So when did you get married then? If you feel pregnant at 18, the oldest kid is 7, that takes you to 25, you're both 26. How is he married to someone else? We all got married, uh, and all well... And all was well until he got a job working away on construction site. It was hard for me bringing up three kids, mostly alone. And we were, we were scratching with one another at weekends. Scratching with one another at weekends, okay. We grew distant and stopped wanting to have sex when he was home. I grew suspicious, so I went through his bags and found a packet of condoms, which we don't need together because I have a coil fitted. And I went mad at him and we had a massive row. He admitted that he was seeing another woman but said no one would blame him because I was such a miserable cow these days. He packed his bags, 
for the last time and stormed out. He went to live with the other woman and they got married earlier this year. He still pays maintenance for the kids and still comes to see them most weekends. Why has he got married so soon? Uh, but I was very surprised when he put his arms around me a couple of months ago and said how much he missed me. We ended up in bed together once the kids were asleep and we've been having regular sex ever since. It was passionate as ever. Um, his wife is three years older than him. She already has a son, but she wants to have another child with him and he feels the three children he has with me are enough. They're arguing over it and he says he wants to leave her for us to be a family again. Jeez. So why doesn't he just get on and get a divorce? Whenever I bring it up, he says, if it was that simple, I would. And nothing happens. I'm tempted to tell his wife, but that might make him turn his back on me. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, this is a hot mess. I feel like she hasn't been with anyone else since this guy. He's been a guy since you're 16. He's the father of your three kids. In your mind, he's the only option for you. We need to do just get down the pub, yeah, get down the local, get down to your local Yates's, Weatherspoons, be like, girls' night out, girls' night out, cock, 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 girls' night out, and then, you know, just go over for a random bloke. <laughs> get out there, get over for a random bloke. He'll give you the worst three minutes of sex of your life. Then you'll cry. And you'll cry a lot. And then you'll be like, oh my God, I really miss my fella even more. And um, you'll feel terrible. But it'll give you some perspective that that you really do love him. <laughs> um, right, one more. One more, one more. Um... Right, one more. Freeze the crowd. Freeze the crowd. My girlfriend had to freeze some and I can't get the image out of my head. Right, was this before you were together or during? Because if it was before, forget about it. I don't know how you got an image in your head if you never saw it. And if it's during, then leave her. Let's see though. My girlfriend recently admitted that she had sex with two guys at the same time. I can't stop thinking about it. I've been with her for six months. I'm 22. She's 20. See, that's where it hurts. Because you're 22 and you feel like, I should have had a threesome. It's because you haven't had a threesome, it is hurting you. A lot. I've been with her for six, uh, for six months. And plus, it's the type of girl you would have a threesome with, with one of your mates. It has to be a girl you wouldn't care about. So it really annoys you deep down that your woman's had that kind of relationship with another guy. Like another guy can look at her and be like, yeah, I'll just beat that thing in it. But that's to do with you. That's all to do with you. It's nothing to do with her. That's before your time. Same way that if she, if you had to detail every story about your sex life, I'm guaranteed about 40% of them she would want to throw up in her mouth. Even the times you just kissed a girl at a bar. She'd be like, ugh, you don't know her. Just like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> so think about how worse your other stories are. You're 22, Jesus. Uh, we've been together six months. I'm 22, she's 20. We get on great. She has a heart of gold and we have a wonderful sex life. We were talking about our past when she told me she, about this threesome. Thinking about it is ruining our relationship. I know I'm being unfair and I haven't even told any of my friends as I'm scared they would judge her the way I'm doing. See, this is your thing, mate. This is your thing. I think you should leave her. You should leave her. Not because of what she's done. Um... You're you're just going to ruin her life. 
that's what's gonna happen you're you're gonna ruin um her life with your insecurities you're gonna make her feel shit about her past and she doesn't need to because she lived a life and that's it so either you deal with it or you leave her alone because she's just gonna use it as a stick to beat her with and uh she's gonna end up a fucking mess for another guy and then she won't be a sweet girl with a heart of gold with great sex who happens to have a threesome she'll be a sweet girl with a heart of gold that's great sex who happens to have a threesome and it's fucking weird in the relationship so yeah don't do it man leave right so um what am i doing this week we've got five minutes of fame gig on wednesday in camden do you want to go get tickets to that that's um on my website, damngriffiths.com. Um, also, I'm in... I'm doing two gigs, right? Manchester and Birmingham. Jeez. If I'd driven, that would have been eight hours of driving. And Naomi put her foot down and said, no, no, that's just too much driving. It's dangerous. Don't do it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get to gigs. But I listened to her. That's what you got to do. When you enter the marriage, guys, you just got to listen to, you, to your partner. She listens to me sometimes. I listen to her sometimes. And uh, it was good advice. Because when I think about how tired I've been this week, the idea of driving eight hours to tell in total 30 minutes of jokes. Are you fucking mad? So um, getting a train. Going to drive to Milton Keynes, get a train to Manchester. Then getting a lift from Manchester to Birmingham and getting a train from Birmingham to Milton Keynes then driving from, from there. So... I've reduced my driving time to now two hours for the day. And uh, my train ticket to Manchester cost me, I think, 20 quid for Milton Keynes. May not have been 20 quid, it might be 12 quid. I think it's 12 quid, my train ticket. And then my train ticket from Birmingham to Milton Keynes, £2.95. Oh, my God. So, yeah, fuck driving. Getting virtually a free train back. So, that's what I'm doing. Anyway, people, um, that is the pod. Next week's pod, probably recorded on a Friday. Because I'm kind of busy on the Saturday. Kind of busy. Kind of preoccupied. So, um, probably recorded on a Friday at some point. Somewhere between dropping off stuff at the venue, getting my hair cut, and um, chilling out. Chilling out the night before. All right, that's it. Peace.